I think it comes down to being controlled. You know, First Corinthians six twelve: all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of yeah. any. Control your appetite or your appetite will control you. Yeah, exactly. And, and that really is the key for the Christian. It's not coming under the power of anything where you're controlled by. It. And we've all heard the cliche saying, right? We, we don't live to eat, we eat to live. But a lot I of hate times... That. <laughs> I figured you knew. It makes me feel bad because sometimes I live to eat. I just love eating. It's a wonderful experience. Yeah. It is, and it's a gift from the Lord. It's a pleasure that God has given us. And doesn't that enrich fellowship? We have actually, Absolutely. in this podcast, talked about having food on the table, but we've figured out that you have to speak with the same thing no, you eat that, with. That's exactly right. Food, there's so many things in the scripture that actually points us to heaven. Things that are beautiful and good, like food and drink and sex. And in all three of those circumstances, the broken, fallen, depraved man distorts and disrupts them and turns them into something that becomes our undoing. And so putting those things in their proper place, which glorifies God and tells us something about our eternity, about what it's going to be like to live with God in heaven, when they're done properly, when they're enjoyed properly, it's for God's glory and our good. Random question. Totally, totally random question. Why in the world do people with names that are impossible to read and pronounce get radically upset when you can't pronounce their names properly? Can you give us an example? Grabotsky, Frabachutz, Lachnutz, Barayitsu, Uprapanka, Shlakutsi. Is that German? <laughs> and that's the abbreviated form of the name. But seriously, like, have oh, you guys you ever were joking then? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever encountered someone that gets really irate when people can't pronounce their name? And it's like the craziest, like names with, I know I'm going to offend people, but that's what we're here like to do. Like email? <laughs> that's, hey, that's why I changed the spelling of my name. It was E-M-I-L-E. Yeah, I can't affirm you in your new name of Easy. <laughs> it was E-M-I-L-E, and substitute teachers would read it as Emile or, or Emily. So I changed really, it. Emily? Yeah, yeah, so I changed it. Yeah, so I just done Emily, so I would go here. You know? <laughs> so I changed it to E-M-E-A-L, right? Because it makes sense. My last name, it was Z-O-U-E-I-N. That's how it was originally spelled. Is it so on your driver's license? Yeah, Is yeah. When I got my way? U.S. citizenship, I officially changed it. You did? It. Oh, no, it's just legally changed. So it's Z-W-A-Y-N-I. Yeah. Let me help you out here. I sent my kids a while back. If anybody ever asks for the proper spelling of our name, Spence, Say S as in the second letter of psychology, P as in psychology, E as in the third letter of pneumonia, N as in the second letter of pneumonia, C as in the fourth letter of psychology, and E as in the third letter of pneumonia. Just to clear up the confusion. You're making me wheeze, Mark. Oh, that's really good. No, but seriously, this is something that blows my mind. But what blows my mind even more than that is the names that certain people give their poor children. Like, why would you do that to your child? (laughs) But, you know, and even sometimes last names that are like, uh, yeah, no, that needs to be changed. I mean, let me, 
Well, no, I won't give an example. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like how when people come up with a name, though, you always say, why didn't they check with me first? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why didn't this autonomous couple come up to me and check with me? It's like, how many weddings have we been to? And they have like a unity candle outside. And you're all, there's no way that candle is going to be lit uh, yeah. by the time the wedding is over. You've known me too long, Mark. Then they try to light the candle, and it's uh, you might as well yeah. be blown And you just laugh at them. My, mock my them, pet peeves. Yeah. Exactly. I have no idea why anyone doing an outdoor wedding would ever have candles. It never works. There's always a problem. And they're sitting there trying to light and it's not working. And and then the wind blows it out. But yeah, no one asks me. That's my constant (laughs) refrain at home. No one asks me. Why didn't you ask me? Because I know exactly what people need to be named. Ray Comfort. You should change your last name, Ray. A lot of people don't believe it's the, my real name. Yeah. But I'm see, gonna, that's like a cool last name. Well, comfort. I'm going to change it to Ramsbottom. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I can't stop wheezing. I seriously have a laughing wheezing problem. That's all right. It makes me not want to laugh, laugh anymore. No, it comes with age. But is it, what it, is it an yeah, age it's thing? From, you used to smoke before you were a Christian, and it's all coming back. Pack and a half a day. Mm, really? Why Pack didn't, you, why didn't you smoke the cigarettes instead? <laughs> <laughs> that's what went wrong. I should have seen that coming. All right, friends. What a blessing to do this podcast, guys. You know, we've been doing it for a while. And those of you that have been listening have been listening for a while. And let me tell you, in the comments that we get that you guys leave, especially on the Apple platform, have been such an encouragement to us. You guys have no idea. Brian Keaton said, two years ago, God found me and radically changed my life. I've literally watched thousands of Living Waters slash Wave the Master episodes and still do almost every single day. Uh, my only critique is that you need to do more podcast episodes. Thank you for your ministry. Ray, you're a legend. <laughs> I wrote that part. No, yeah, seriously, I've, I've said that. We need to do more. I'd like to do this every day, but you guys just are so slack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. We're a bunch of losers. No, but thank you for that comment, Brian. And remember, friends, to please leave us comments. We read them, and we get encouraged. And give us a rating as well. Uh, you still got us at five stars, and we have had lots of ratings, and that's what very encouraging. It, uh, Hundreds of thousands of you have uh, downloaded, so it's five encouraging. Five stars out of 100 stars, that's not too yeah. bad. <laughs> five out of 50. <laughs> so anyways, but today, guys, we're going to be talking about gluttony. Mm, it's made me feel hungry. The dangers of gluttony. And, you know, gluttony, I would say, guys, is one of those respectable sins today right? We make a lot of jokes about food, even uh, overweight pastors. This is because I sent you that picture of me, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I wish I could show that picture. Oh, yeah, Oscar. Yeah, that was amazing. But you know, overweight pastors make jokes about their figure or about their food or whatever. Uh, we've all done it. You know, we, we, it's just a thing that I think we've become accustomed to joking about, but we don't do that about adultery. You know, we don't, hey, yesterday I was, you know, of course not. But gluttony is a sin, It's a serious sin, but it's become a respectable sin. And so today we want to talk about that. And I think that people's lives can be radically transformed, I think, by recognizing what a serious sin this is. Well, I always watch what I eat. (laughs) <laughs> see, you can't stop. No, seriously, I'm on a seafood diet. I, there's so oh, many brother. silly jokes about food. There are. There really are. You know, I think definitely it's become something... Though in our day and age, especially in America, and I know we have friends listening all over the world, but especially in America, it's a big problem. Well, I found that when we came over here 30 years ago, we could not believe the amount of 
food that people had on their plates. We started going to yeah portion. It was like Rocky Mountain High meals. We'd never seen anything like it. Our whole family would live on it for six months. Just one plate. I thought, do they have a plate under there? There was such generous helpings. I thought people cannot. One thing I've always tried to do, and I've always had a a monster in me that wants to gluttonize if there's such a word. I just got to confess something. When I used to travel itinerate, I'd make sandwiches to (gasps) eat on the plane. And they'd be gone by the time I got to the airport. <laughs> I'd eat them while I drove to the airport. It would just happen every time because yeah. there's this monster in me that just loves eating. And uh, seriously, I could eat anything at any time, day or night. You wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> eat it. Ray a pan. Yeah, so I understand how people feel, but yeah, you're right. It is a sin and we have no right to look at this if it wasn't a sin. We just say people weaknesses and they can't help it, but the Bible says it's a sin. Yeah. And so we need to look at it objectively. Yeah, and you're so right, Ray, about portions here in the United States because I've been to New Zealand and <laughs> boy, I mean, I couldn't believe like you ask for a like a large and it's literally like our small here, mm. you know, in, in many cases. And things are just smaller. Even the plates they give you are smaller. Well, the whole country is smaller. That makes sense, Ray, because <laughs> you're five foot three. Yeah, well, the whole, yeah, we're all smaller. Uh, and where did I, we went to Japan, Mark. I love Japan. Uh, Everyone's short that I felt normal. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, but you know, here portions, and I mean, seriously, when I ask for a drink here, I'll ask for a medium. And I'm like, what is, this is a swimming pool. Yeah, man. I'm scared of falling into it. Who can drink that much, you know? And it's not just portions, but it's all you can eat. It's all you, you know, super size. Drink, right? I mean, refills, free refills. We're just used to that. And our culture lends itself to, to gluttony. Is it weird that I order seven patties on my In-N-Out burger? Just kidding. <laughs> seven by seven? Yeah. They don't offer it anymore. It's now, I think four by four is the biggest. Wait, no, oh, wait are really? you serious? Yeah. They, they really have a seven it, by huh? seven? Well, you can, you you can order as many as you want. What? Whatever you want. It used to that be now it's four. Is, is I, I saw a four the other day. We have in and out with my grandchildren each Saturday, and I saw a four one of my grandchildren had, and I thought, there's no way a human mouth can get around that. Oh, man. Did he prove you wrong? Yeah, he did. I <laughs> ate three three-by-threes in one sitting with a fry of shaken water. But the first oh, time, Mark, I digress. That is gluttony. Yeah. The, the first time I really got <laughs> I introduced a podcast episode you need to, listen to. <laughs> to gluttony was by Ray. I don't know if you remember this, Ray, but several years ago, I had brought in a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and I put it inside the break room, and nobody was eating them. So I ate 11 of them. No, you did what? not. Before the Lord, I ate 11 of them. That? Oh, and Mark. I went back for the 12th one. Bear in mind, I've already had, I figured out, 2,090 calories of eating these donuts. And as I went back for my 12th donut, because nobody was eating it, Ray told me, Mark, you're not going to eat that last one, are you? He goes, that's gluttony. And I had no problems. My mind was good. My stomach was good. Oh. I was still hungry. And I would have put away 12 donuts if it wasn't for the weaker brethren. Mark, I was just joking. I wanted that last one. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually you put your finger in it. Anyone want this one? <laughs> we know that. But I tell you, the crispy, creamy donuts are incredible. I mean, the first time I ever tried them, it just melted in my mouth. But, I can't stand you know. them. You can't? I, oh, cannot, I you. cannot. They are the grossest I things. I totally agree you with you. I can't stand Get a Krispy Kreme donut and put a cheeseburger in between. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead serious. <laughs> no, and then so a good. slice of pizza on top. Oh, yeah. boy. Sounds like we're encouraging gluttony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are we it's, doing? It is valuable to realize that food is a blessing from the Lord. Yes. And in that sense, anytime you see 
a celebration happening in the scriptures, whether it's a present day celebration, like at a wedding or the, the discussion of a future celebration, like in revelation celebrations that are annual, like Passover, it's always involved food, not just food, but a feast. There's something to enjoy. Food is a gift from God. That's not just there to sustain us, but it's also there to enjoy. And we see that because obviously we don't need to be sustained in heaven. And yet there's still food there to be enjoyed. But like anything else, we tend to corrupt God's good gift to us. And before we go any further, I want to say that just because someone might be overweight doesn't necessarily mean that that person is struggling with gluttony. There's a lot of medical reasons that someone might be struggling with weight. So this isn't about like those who are overweight. This is about gluttony. Because I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'd, can you back that up with anything that someone's going to medical? And there's a yeah. reason I say that, and they both say yes, so I'm going to be corrected in a minute. <laughs> I saw a talk show probably 30 years ago, and it had one woman who had lost about 200 pounds, and she's with a lot of other big ladies, and she's very attractive, very well-spoken, and she said, I want to say something. She said, when the Allies liberated the Jews from the concentration camps, there were no fat people. Mm. And you don't see fat 90-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they just about ripped her eyes out. And what she was saying is this comes back to a lack of self-control. If you control yourself, you don't end up fat Mm. because you've got big bones or inherited this or that. And it's true. You look at the concentration camps, you cannot see a fat person. Every single one of them is thin. Mm. And I thought that was a very powerful statement because if people have got a propensity physically to become fat for no reason... And obviously they're obese, but it's not caused by gluttony, then it's not a sin. But if it is caused by gluttony or overeating, then it's a sin. So there is a qualification. And I I would say in probably the overwhelming majority of cases, it is a gluttony issue. But there are some medical issues. Maybe Oscar will share one. I I know there's thyroid issues that cause that. But I one time went and spoke at a state somewhere, and the couple had a daughter who has a condition where she never feels satisfied. Like it's an actual condition. She can eat and literally to death. They have to hide food from her. She's a little girl. She steals food. While we were at the table, she stole food while her parents weren't looking. And I said, hey, she just stole something because they were telling me about her condition. So I know there are some unique things like that, but I think they are rare. And drugs can actually cause overweight. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. 
Yeah, uh, diabetes. Medications sometimes. Certain that's medications can. You Not mentioned. able to properly digest your food the way somebody can. So you can eat a 200-calorie meal and somebody else can, and it goes right through you because of your metabolism, and then somebody else eats that, and it actually goes right to fat because they have abnormal growth. We have a friend who was going through cancer, and the question was asked, well, why are you so big? You need to just stop eating not realizing that she's on a 600 calorie a day diet and still gaining weight. Is that because of the medication? No, this is before she took, had, was had cancer, was diagnosed with cancer and took medicine. So medicine. we're not talking about overweight, we're talking about gluttony. Yeah, and gluttony specifically, yeah, and that's what I have the clarifier that I wanted. And I also think C.S. Lewis does a really good job of describing gluttony in his book, The Screwtip Leaders, because he takes a little old lady who is obsessive over having a tiny cup of tea. And what she ends up doing in the screw tip leaders is she like ruins relationships, makes people late. She like gets angry and is, it becomes offensive if somebody doesn't bring her her tiny cup of tea at the right time, at the right temperature, with the right amount of honey. And what Lewis is pointing at is that gluttony ultimately is not so much about too much food, but about paying too much attention mm, to food. That's good. So in the broad ethical sense, he would say that when food dulls us and becomes a spiritual distraction from God and then begins to affect our lives and the lives of the people around us, that is what gluttony is. Yeah. Yeah. I want to share some quotes to help us get a grasp on the definition. But Oscar, I like the fact that you really clarified food is good right? God has given food. In fact, in 1 Timothy 4, it talks about how in the end times, there will be those who actually forbid people from certain foods. And this is 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And, you know, again, there are those that become so fixated on, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, mm -hmm. you know, this is whatever. And scripture talks about that. But Chris Donato said this, he said, this principle applies to any good thing that God has created. Surely we are to enjoy them. This is no call to rigid self-denial, but we are not to consume them with ravenous gluttony, demanding more from these simple pleasures than spirit-filled prudence allows. That's good. And that's the whole point of gluttony. It's this ravenous overindulgence. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, that's Ray? A key word. I think the scripture uses the words, not politically correct words, whose God is their belly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good way to put it. Jerry Bridges said this. He says, modern Christians, especially those in the Western world, have generally been found wanting in the area of holiness of body. Gluttony and laziness, for example, were regarded by earlier Christians as sin. Today, we may look on these as weaknesses of the will, but certainly not sin. We even joke about our overeating and other indulgences instead of crying out to God in confession and repentance. And so there is that important element of stepping back and saying, wait a minute, this is a serious problem, though, for a lot of people. And that's the deception, right? Because then there, there are other people who have really fast metabolisms that don't look overweight, but they're gluttons. Right. Yeah. So the issue is temperance and making sure to, you know, to walk in that way. You know, if we're unable to control our eating habits, and this is strong, what I'm about to say, if you're unable to control your eating habit, I dare to say that spills over 
into other areas. Yeah. You're not able to control your mind. You're not able to control sexual temptations and lusts that come your way. You're not able to control the way you're going to cheat on your taxes because you're going to do whatever you need to do, right? It's going to spill over into other areas. And a portion of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, that we should be able to control our bodies, to be able to eat a little bit and to eat slower. If you have a problem with this, well, then just eat slower. It seems to be the solution. I have a friend that every time he takes a bite, he puts his fork down. Mm. He doesn't keep the fork inside of his hand. Why is he eating his fork? (laughs) (laughs) And so he's able to control his appetite and he's able to control his conversation. He's not there for the food. That's a really good point, Mark. I have a question for you. What would you say to somebody who would eat 11 Krispy Kreme donuts? Yeah, Mark. What concerns would you have for them? Well, so my whole life, I've been thin. When I got married, I was married at six foot two, 150 pounds. Right now, I'm 197 pounds. So almost 50 pounds and you're five heavier. Nine now. And I'm still somewhat thin, you know, because I'm almost six Because three. you're comparing yourself. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, when I got married, That's right. <laughs> I weighed 125 pounds. 125 pounds? <laughs> I'm almost 5'11". Yeah, and if I remember, there was a, a guy, stick. another guy, he was like Barney. Did you call Easy Stick? A stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my nickname in high school was Stick. Really? Oh, Mark. Matchstick. Well, Mark, you just sent those pictures yesterday of us from 2005, yeah. and I was looking, and my first sort of, I thought, oh my goodness, I was so thin. That's why I brought your pajamas with only one stripe on them. <laughs> he used to run around the shower to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to plug the drain so I don't go down it. But I remember there was a guy who was, he was like a Barney Fife guy, really skinny guy, too. and he and I both celebrated when we hit 135. We called it the 135 Club. But I had time to fill in. I always said my ideal weight is 170, and I'm now 170 at 46. So what are you guys whispering about? That's a picture of you when you're the picture I There it is. There's a picture. With you and then Rachel wearing her blue blockers. Oh, yeah. Like, that shirt is like a size extra small and easy. <laughs> so let me give some practical advice on what I've done to control my appetite. As a new Christian, I figured that if I ate to capacity to the full of my stomach, to really full, I'm going to stretch my stomach just a little bit. Next time I have to stretch it a little bit. So I always made sure I didn't eat to where I was feeling like I was going to explode. That's I've point. made a habit of leaving some food on my plate, which I'll have later as a sort of a celebration. We transitioned to smaller plates about 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Still having those big plates, so you put your portion on, it doesn't look much. But when you have a small plate, like our plate's about two inches across, <laughs> and we eat with knives and forks that are an inch long, they're plastic. <laughs> and we have breaks in between. No, seriously, the plates are smaller, and it looks, psychologically, it looks like a bigger portion of yeah. really helps yeah and i think that you know there has to be this sense of and i heard this saying a long long time ago and i liked it it said don't eat until you're full eat until you're satisfied scripture speaks of eating to the satisfying of your soul yeah don't let your body dictate let your soul dictate right yeah, and I think sometimes we just go too far. Spurgeon said something pretty heavy. He said, I believe... <laughs> he had a little pull heavy. Yeah. yeah, but he said this, I believe that gluttony is as much a sin in the sight of God as drunkenness. Wow. Well, often in the scriptures, gluttony and drunkenness are go right there, right yeah, next to each other. Right, they do. And so we talked about how things affect us. Like you mentioned the lady with uh, the tea, right? And how she'd get frustrated. But... I mean, we all know naturally when you're hungry, you get a little irritable, right? No. Hangry. I knew this guy who would get livid. Like one time they put onions on his burger and he was a newer Christian, but 
goes up to the counter. He goes, I said no one. And he threw the burger. Easy, was that you? No, easy, was he? I know you hate onions. No, it was not me. I would, I would never do that. Well, well, it's a friend of mine. No, but it was another guy that I knew, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to where it affects your life. And there are people like that where it everything revolves around food. Like they plan their vacations around, you know, making sure they got enough food to go. And again, again, there's nothing wrong with times of celebration and, and enjoying a good big meal on occasion. But it's the habit, it's the rhythm of your life where you worship food, basically. You mentioned about getting irritable when you're hungry. That's why it's really important for a married couple never to discuss finances before eating. <laughs> Seriously, That's because true. everyone's a little stressed, do it after dinner. You're completely different people. Wow. You're stressed. And even we used to notice our children were grizzly when Sue was cooking food. It's because they can smell it mm. and it makes them irritable. I can't go to the grocery store hungry. No, because you buy everything. I make just, so many mistakes. They say, don't do that. Eat before you go to the grocery store. Because you come back that. with like, I just bought six chickens recently. Yeah. Because you were hungry. Six roast cooked chickens. How many chickens do you have now, Ray? 22. 22 chickens. <laughs> They're all living. That's chicken. We're, we're not living in the country. That's the thing. We don't live in the country. We live near Los Angeles. Hey, that's chicken gluttony. <laughs> when are you going to have us over for chicken tacos? Then we don't eat our chicken tacos. And he keeps expanding his chicken coop. This is really no joke. I know that if Sue allowed it, you would turn your house into a big chicken coop. Of course. Ah. Of course. Ah. I want to do the garage. I said to her, let's just get ready. of the garage. Look at that. I told you. There's still, she's got a third of the garden left because the chicken coop's getting bigger. It's evolution. What is it about chickens that you love having They lay many? eggs. Did you know that? Oh, absolutely. You give them trash and they come back with these little hygienically sealed <laughs> packages you can fry, poach, scramble and How make into omelets. How many eggs do you eat a day? Uh, just one or two. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't hey, know. Why not get a cow for your garage and have fresh milk? <laughs> so I've said to do that. We're, we're zoned for, for allowing farm animals. I've said we can put a cow in the alleyway. See? Everything I just be stuck. And the first thing I throw out is a hypothetical. No, it's like just, that's really Could you imagine opening the window and... <laughs> you got fresh... <laughs> you got fresh You milk. can't see it, but he just imitated oh, uh, milking a cow. I'm going to start a, a restaurant where you have a cow from the roof and everyone puts it on their cereal. Fresh. Oh, Ray, I was at your house the other day and I looked at your chicken coop and I cannot believe how much it's just expanding. <laughs> it went from Seriously. like a little room over to like. Did a, you see what he added? That like, wall. yeah, exactly. I actually gave them a swing recently, <laughs> but they didn't get on it. I want my chickens oh, to be happy. <laughs> Do you oh, name them, your chickens? No, because okay. it's just a bit sad to name them. No, remember you did name them. Oh, we did have finger licking, crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Fried. And, and, uh, with a picture yeah. of the colonel on the wall. Colonel that's, Sanders up that's there. Let's fade a little. Just remind them what yeah. it's about. Yeah. I like what you say to your chickens every morning. Yes. What's for dinner tonight, ladies? Eggs or chicken? And they <laughs> pump out the eggs. Didn't you have great. an axe up on the wall, too? I point? did actually have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I did put the axe on the wall. I remember Underneath that. the picture of Colonel Sanders, just oh, to say, boy. ladies, you know what you're here. Chicken what's abuse. the point of the fake eggs that you put in there with the real eggs? Well, when a chicken starts pecking at an egg and liking the taste of an egg, they won't stop so you've got to nip it in the bud and the way to do it is you put in realistic looking fake eggs so when they peck it they break their beak chicken abuse chicken abuse but seriously you can learn a lot from chicken you can preach a whole sermon of it you just got to Fruit pick it. them up and they'll just go <gasps> yeah. like just terrified as if you're going to pick them up and wring their neck and eat their flesh what a stupid thing <laughs> no one would ever do that <laughs> no. Mark 
Did you? <laughs> oh, no. Did no, you? no. Stop it. Or did you stop not? It. I know we both said Mark at the same time. <laughs> okay, I will stop. I'll be merciful. I actually really You gave me a chicken. I did. It was the evil evilest. Betty. It was evil it Betty. It was. She created... Did you hear about this? I'm she created... Why did you give it to okay, us? Okay, I warned you, though. So here's the thing about chickens. Here's the thing about chickens is that they they like have like a hierarchy, right? And and so Betty was at the top of the hierarchy with my chickens. I had four, and she was so mean to the chickens, and she was mean to my kids. Like we couldn't be outside with it's her. It's called She'd pecking us. order. That's what it's pecking called. order. Yeah. Yes. But they say that if you take a chicken at the top of the pecking order and you put it into a new coop or whatever that it'll become the bottom of the picking no order. she was a little hitler we had, she, <laughs> so. she up, they went up the top and she'd just say nasty things to the other chicken i think we gave her away so did, here's what happened did, well, here's, Mark, did you, you throw it over her face right here's what you told me i brought you the chicken she's like oh she'll do fine in here i put her in there the chicken jumped up on top of this little wooden beam over the food and then defecated <laughs> over That's all of the chicken's food and eventually became the master of it. And then he would start pecking Ray whenever he walked in there. <laughs> it was evil. It took 30 it seconds. Evil, evil, evil Betty. Evil Betty, did you not throw oh, Was it you that boy. threw over a farmer's fence? I might have given it to a farmer. <laughs> yeah, you threw it over the fence. I said, get rid of this chicken, Mark, and you did. It was wonderful. That's what real brotherhood is. This is the longest banter we've ever done in the middle of the program. Banter? You guys are crazy. Oh, my goodness. You're killing me. I'm Tears coming out of my eyes. Evil, Evil Betty. Betty. yeah. All right, friends. Uh, we do apologize to any Bettys that may be listening. Yeah. <laughs> or chickens. <laughs> okay, okay, and so. just a reminder, we did not climb to the top of the food chain to be vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. Right? So we will be having chicken for lunch. We didn't climb, period. The Lord put us there. See oh, that? boy. I'd be a, a vegetarian if it wasn't for the smell of chicken in a microwave. It is so or salivating. Bacon. Yeah, bacon. I mean, salivation shows you that God has given food for your pleasure. And we have got eternal salivation ahead of us. <laughs> How many times have I heard that one? Yeah. On that note. All right. On that note. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, no. we're on that subject. But yeah, I think it comes down to being controlled. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of yeah. any. Control your appetite or your appetite will control you. Yeah, exactly. And, and that really is the key for the Christian. It's not coming under the power of anything where you're controlled by. It. And we've all heard the cliche saying, right? We, do, we don't live to eat, we eat to live. But a lot I of times, that. <laughs> I figured you do. It makes me feel bad because sometimes I live to eat. I just love eating. It's a wonderful experience. Yeah, it is. And it's a gift from the Lord. It's a pleasure that God has given us. And doesn't that enrich fellowship? We have actually, Absolutely. in this podcast, talked about having food on the table, but we've figured out that you have to speak with the same thing no, you eat that, with. That's exactly right. Food, there's so many things in the scripture that actually points us to heaven. Things that are beautiful and good, like food and drink and sex. And in all three of those circumstances, the broken, fallen, depraved man distorts and disrupts him and turns him into something that becomes our undoing. And so putting those things in their proper place, which glorifies God and tells us something about our eternity, about what it's going to be like to live with God in heaven, when they're done properly, when they're enjoyed properly, it's for God's glory and our good. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's very common in wealthy countries where ease and luxury 
are so prevalent for gluttony to be a reality. I mean, there are places around the world where like one meal a day is a luxury. And in that Shackleford's world. Yeah. Well, there are those who force themselves to just have one meal a day. And then they gorge themselves, right? It's like, it's interesting because there are certain kind of, I think, traditions where people will fast, but then they'll fast in the day and then they'll gorge themselves at night. And then other believers, they'll do the same. They'll fast, but then they're gluttonous the rest of the time. So it's a great word. Gorge. 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 Guys, yeah. I guess memory come back. Do you remember when we had we made the movie Audacity? Yes. And remember the lead guy, what was his name? Travis. Travis, yeah. How we had written in the script he was to bow his head and pray as he over a burrito. Yeah. And it got changed <laughs> to a cupcake. Yeah. And we had to take it out of the movie because you don't Pray before you eat a cupcake, but uh, you always yeah. pray before you eat a burrito. And I remember there's a book years ago, it said, how much prayer do you give a hamburger? How much prayer do you give a hamburger? When do you pray? What elicits uh, right. prayer? And is it the words or is it the thanksgiving of the heart? And I know that I am thankful for my food before I eat, during eating, and after I eat. Mm. It's just one of me ever. Well, taste buds. I mean, just think of the gift of You've taste buds. You've got 10,000 running around oh. on your tongue. Oh, with their hands up in the ear, waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> we figured out that I have more taste buds than easy there, remember, in our text thread? Oh, stop. Well, you burn them <laughs> all through your, your coffee, coffee drink. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I was saying that, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, obviously we know the prevalent sin was sexual immorality, but there was also gluttony. Ezekiel sixteen forty nine. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. Mm. Well, that's what an orgy is. It's a great big feast that goes into the sexual realm. Orgy? I don't know if I'm saying it orgy? Oh, know. boy. <laughs> I thought you said corgi. I'm like, that's offensive. <laughs> I have a corgi. Uh, uh. Yeah, and then at Philippians 3, 17 through 19, it says, Brethren, join in following my example, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame. And you had mentioned that, right? And then the end part said, who set their mind on earthly things. And I think that really is the big thing behind refraining from gluttony, is that we are eternally minded. We're thinking about what God says, and what honors the Lord, and what is a good witness to others. Doesn't scripture say, you know, no, it is easy where it says they feast without fear. Yeah, that's in Jude. Yeah, Jude. And that's, it's not talking about an absolute trembling every time you eat, but it's just a knowledge that God is the witness to everything you do. Yeah. So do everything you do, do all to the glory of God, that's eating right. and drinking. And that's our family verse for I our I have a confession. Household. When you said we feast without fear, and he said, yeah, that's in Jude, I, in my head I was like, there's no way Easy knows that that was in Jude. It's in Jude. <laughs> it's in Jude. <laughs> mm. yeah. Jude 1. Because Easy's a glutton. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glutton for punishment. Um, but that First Corinthians 10.31, Ray, you just alluded to it. Therefore, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. Mm. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. You know, is this insane indulgence right now, like this... 11th donut I just ate. Hypothetically, not that anyone would do that. Oh, no one would ever do that. Yeah, no one. Can I do this to the glory of God and honor the Lord with it? You know, and so he could have to the third (laughs) donut. It was the third donut, Yeah, then it just left. I'm actually really craving Krispy Kremes right now. Yeah, you know, and even in Titus 1, Paul was kind of quoting someone. He said, one of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Slow bellies is the KJV. (laughs) <laughs> slow bellies, is that mm-hmm. what it says? Mm-hmm. Slow bellies. But yeah, lazy gluttons. And I think you said laziness and gluttony go hand in hand. You know why? And I think this is probably 
a big reason why laziness and gluttony go hand in hand because to resist gluttony takes a lot of willpower and self-control, you know, but when your life has this laziness to it, as Mark talked about earlier, I think it was Mark about how things overflow into other things in life that you do, just kind of whatever. You don't have the energy to resist and to fight, but yeah, that does trickle over in other areas of life. Well, again, we talked about overindulgence and that's the common thread here. Laziness is an overindulgence of a good gift God gives us called rest. Gluttony is an overindulgence of food, a gift. Drunkenness is an overindulgence. Like all of these things are an overindulgence of gifts from God. Yeah, that's true. And excess is a problem for contemporary society because in past generations, food wasn't as accessible as it is now. I mean, we could have a huge meal in here in 10 minutes. That's right. Prove Just it. like a, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Prove yeah, it to us. Yeah. But seriously, though, now with Uber Eats and DoorDash and, and all those, you could sit in your house and just and refrig- And refrigeration and, and microwaves. Yeah. You know, they used to have to build a fire to cook food, mm-hmm. and it became a process like you have to wait a couple of hours, and it just taught you self-control. Now, if the microwave isn't on high speed, if there is such a thing, it, it annoys us. Yeah, it's true. And think of, again, we think of wisdom in all these areas of life. And no greater book than the book of Proverbs. But listen to these successive verses that just touch on, on gluttony. Proverbs 23, 1 to 2. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is Didn't before you. Didn't they have you. knives and forks in those days? <laughs> I guess they did. Put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Proverbs twenty five sixteen. Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. Nice. I think that's a good verse on temperance. You know, like, hey... Don't overdo it. Proverbs 25, 27, it is not good to eat much honey. Proverbs 23, 20 to 21, do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. And then lastly, uh, Proverbs 28, 7, whoever keeps a law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. And so scripture has a lot to say on that. It is a vice and we are wise to avoid it. And for health reasons also. You're going to reap poor health as you age if you don't watch your weight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's often forgotten. I love this. This is by Randy Smith. He said, why do soldiers first experience boot camp? Because they need to be taught how to push their body, overcome the desires to quit and grow beyond the pain. The mind way too often gives in before the body gives out. Likewise, why did the Apostle Paul say, I discipline my body and make it my slave? The Christian life is not about listening to our bodies and giving into its desire, gluttony, drunkenness, slothfulness, sexual immorality, but rather mastering our bodies and making the body a slave to a biblically controlled mind. This is a difference between being controlled by the flesh or being led by the spirit. Exercise in order to be effective pushes the body beyond its comfort zone. Diets push the body beyond its comfort zone. These make the body your slave and no longer your master. These produce discipline and coming full circle, discipline is essential for us to mortify sin. Isn't that what an athlete exercises to get into where he's at? Yeah. Discipline. He just said, I'll not eat this. I'll not do that because I've got a goal. And our goal is far more noble. Yeah. We run another race. Amen. And in the final analysis we have to consider ourselves as citizens of God's kingdom. I mean, think of Romans 14, 15 to 17. It says, yet if your brothers grieve because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, 
but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, obviously that's in the context of eating certain kinds of things, but the point he makes in the end is, hey, food and drink is not the focus of God's kingdom. The focus is righteousness and peace and joy in the Spirit. And then Jesus kind of touched on this too in Luke 12, 22 to 23. Then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, nor your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. That's really key. Mark, do you have any tips for people that want to get this under control? Yeah, right, (laughs) of all people. Let me just say, you know, we're joking about Mark and the, you know, the the donuts and all that, but Mark is a temperate man. And in fact, it's funny, we we were in the... uh, boardroom the other day having a, a meeting and I've been trying to cut sugar. I've been trying to have sugar once a week. I'm going to the gym every day and I was going to go for a donut. There were donuts. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to have a donut because I was trying to justify Mark and Mark goes, ah, oh, donuts. He's like, no, I got to be good. Am I going to do it? You know? And Oscar that didn't have me. a donut either though. I noticed by the way, you did. Could you? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And, but that inspired me though, Mark. And I said, okay, I, he's right. I'm not going to have one either. Yeah. I had it later in the day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're hopeless in this, Mark. But Mark, what would you say to people, though, who really want to overcome this but are really struggling? I think accountability is a great thing. I think uh, not shopping when you're hungry is a great thing. I think planning out your meals, knowing exactly what you're going to eat. I think you can count your calories. There's great apps out there. I think uh, realizing and recognizing the purpose of food. Does a hot drink help when you're eating? Yeah, Yeah, water helps. Oh, yeah, water. You want to curb your appetite, just... Drink water. So drink a lot of water. Yeah, keep, I've, I find my appetite goes if I drink a couple gallons of water. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, you were drinking water like a camel. That's for actually, a while. A, you still are. Oh yes, it's really good for you. That's actually a really good point because uh, I can remember where I saw this, but like the percentage of people who are walking around in America dehydrated yeah. is huge. And when you're dehydrated, you tend to think you're hungry when really right. you're just thirsty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell if you're dehydrated, you can pinch your skin, and if it stays as like a little bit of a tent, then uh, you're dehydrated. But I saw the same sort of stat that 25% what are you of doing, like, the people Gilbert? out there, he's trying to pinch me. I'm wearing green. How hydrated you are, Spence. 25% of the people that are out there are dehydrated. I don't know if that's true. You just made it up. I did. You know, <laughs> just, you know the 87% of stats are made up on the spot? Yeah. I just made that up. You did? Yeah. Right, didn't you write a book about like the ultimate foods that Jesus... Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what is it called, Easy? The ultimate health foods, nine foods that Jesus ate for or recommended. Ray Comfort. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good book. We did an episode on that. Lance, the Master and TV, that's coming out soon. There's Chef also a Lance. cookbook coming out, which in about a month's time. Yeah, you could check this one out, friends at livingwaters.com. Is the Lance episode in the upcoming season it of Way of the Master? Yes. That's the Lance episode. And I did the cookbook with Lance. Yeah. He's yeah. A, a New York award-winning chef. Yeah, so Loves so to describe what we're talking about, we have a dear friend, Lance, who's also an incredible evangelist. He's an award-winning chef, top of his class. I'm not talking about like Christian chefs. I'm saying in the world, one of the best chefs. He works at the National Culinary Institute of America. That's exactly right. And he right. was on, uh, is it Chopped? He won Chopped, and then he won Iron Chef America as a sous chef. Wow. So he helped contribute to the book on food that we just mentioned, which you can well, find in our store. Well, the nine foods that Jesus ate are recommended. I created a recipe. He fixed the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he saved us from Ray's yeah, recipe. Yeah, and I ate the recipe. Yes, yeah. he ate the recipe. And it was really good, actually. And so, one, you can check out the book in our store, and that episode will be in our upcoming season of The Way of the Master television show. 
that the four of us are on and you can find on Christian television networks in your area. Yeah. And guys, listen, to wrap things up, the bottom line is fruit of the spirit, right? Galatians 5 and what's a part of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And it's being able to master our own bodies. Like Paul said, I won't be mastered or come under the control of anything. And to honor the Lord in it. We have to step back and say, there are things more important than me feeling good by overindulging. Again, food is a gift from the Lord. Enjoy it. Don't get this paranoia in your mind. Oh no, you know when you've overindulged. You know when you've gone beyond the point. And it's a sin. And you know that the good news is that there's repentance. Which is more pleasurable, to be hungry or to be full? Ah, well, I think they go hand in hand, right? The satisfaction lingers when you have that feeling of being full. But the, again, the, the gift of God and taste buds. and yeah. You just think of food and you salivate. People get pleasure in the eating of the food and in the swallowing of the food. Whereas like dogs, my dog does not slow down while he eats his food. How fast can he get that food into his Well, yeah. the taste buds are in the tail. <laughs> That's right. It wags. Well, it's funny. I, I watched a video, I think just yesterday, where they were throwing raw chicken over to wolves in a, in a cage, you know? And yeah, the wolf would just catch it and just, oh, it's gone. There's no, you know, enjoying it, savoring it. Let, let me read this quote. <laughs> I know. I've got friends that eat exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam Storm said, the strength of temptation also comes from a tendency to push virtues to such an extreme that they become vices. For example, it is all too easy for the joy of eating to become gluttony or for the blessing of rest to become sloth or for the peace of quietness to become non-communication or for industriousness to become greed or for liberty to be turned into an excuse for licentiousness. We all know what it's like for pleasure to become sensuality or for self-care to become selfishness or for self-respect to become conceit or Sorry, this is going on and on. No, it's very, very good. Or for wise caution to become cynicism and unbelief. Or for righteous anger to become unrighteous rage. We'll come back in a couple (laughs) hours. Or for the joy of sex to become immorality. Or for conscientiousness to become perfectionism. The list could go on endlessly, but I think you get the point. (laughs) That's very profound, though. That's very profound. I love that. Yeah. Can you say it again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, friends. um, You mentioned repentance, and I was just thinking, you know, this relationship that we have, this opportunity to repent with the Lord comes down to this. And J.I. Packer says something like this in his book, Knowing God. We can save our lives by holding on to it, and you can say overindulging in all of our desires here on earth. Or we can lose our lives to Christ and become free from all the things that ensnare us to overindulge. And so the invitation of repentance is ultimately invitations to freedom from being snared by these addictions. Yeah, freedom. Freedom to do what is right. Freedom isn't doing whatever we want. Freedom is the ability to do what is really pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Actually, one of my favorite quotes is, freedom is not doing whatever you want. Freedom is doing what you were created to do. Mm, I love that. Amen. All right, friends. That was ridiculous, huh, Mark? We've got to hurry because I'm hungry. Terrible. (laughs) Yeah, that's making me hungry. All right, friends, thank you for joining us. Make sure to check out our podcast platform where you can give us comments and ratings and also subscribe. That helps too. The podcast is growing. It's hitting top spots all around the world. You've helped make that possible. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time here on the Living Waters Podcast.
Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.